Okay, so I have a great plan for our first wedding anniversary coming up. You do? Yeah. For that plan, I want you to fake your own death <laughs> and drive off into the sunset <laughs> and play mini golf with Lola Kirk. Do you think you could do that? I'd be honored. First year, anyway. First year is paper. Oh. What does paper have to do with anything? Stationary usually is what people do. No, but who decided all of these? I don't know. It's a weird thing. I don't know. The other ones are what? Wood? Cotton. What? There's a cotton one? Yeah, because remember they buy themselves Egyptian cotton sheets. So wait... (laughs) They're all just goods. You're like, okay, yeah, this year we can acquire this certain good for ourselves. Exactly. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. And this is Home Viewing. It's a podcast where we watch all the movies in our movie library from A to, to Z. It's not cute anymore. Yeah, not really, no. but I think it's okay. You know, sometimes after five years of being in a relationship together, you got to spice things up. By faking your own death. Or... They're only together for five years. I think the fifth anniversary is Wood. So I I I think that's what it was. Oh my It was their their fifth anniversary of marriage. Now, they had been together for at least like a year or two before that. They should have figured it out way before then. That they hated each other. Well, the thing is... Well, yeah, actually, they they did hate each other for a minute there, didn't they? Because he was cheating on her, just like straight up. Well, I don't even know if that's... Why they hated each other. It's like, that is way before any of the bad things happened. Add two jobs, or add one reception, recession, subtract two jobs. No, it was before then, too. They were just two I think jerks that, Amy like... just maybe hates everybody. Yeah. We watched Gone Girl this week, in <laughs> case you couldn't tell. This is our first David Fincher that we're doing. David Fincher, well-known director for uh, Seven, Zodiac, Fight Club... The Social Network, which is the only other Fincher that I think we have in our library. What is Seven? Seven is the serial killer movie with uh, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. I don't think I've ever seen it. I've never seen it. I would like to see it. That's the thing where, what's the box comes from. What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because there's a box. What? Yeah. Wait a minute. We need to watch that movie, I think. I really love Zodiac. My only halfway nickname is what's in the box. (laughs) I had no idea this was even a thing. Mm-hmm. So, it's a Fincher movie. Uh, the way this movie got the screen is pretty cool, because Reese Witherspoon bought the rights to it with the intention to star in it, I'm pretty sure. And dev- what happened? Well, I think in development, she was developing it with um, David Fincher, and he was like, I just don't know if you're right for this part. And she was like, you know what? I respect that. And they got Rosamund Pike. And frankly, I just can't even imagine Reese Witherspoon playing Amy Dunn. Rosamund Pike is Amy Dunn for I me. I think Reese might have been able to pull it off if she had someone else opposite her. It definitely could not have been Ben With Affleck. Ben Affleck? That would never have worked. Also, Ben Affleck was hired specifically because he does the exact right pained, shit-eating grin on the red carpet. David Fincher saw that and was like, yeah, he's my... <laughs> What's the name of the guy? Nick. Oh. <laughs> he's my Nick. He's my Batman. <laughs> he is my Batman. Mm-hmm. He was 
you know, the the problems of the Snyder Batverse aside, like Ben Affleck was a really good Bruce Wayne and Batman, and I wish we could have seen more of him. Ben Affleck also kind of an awful person, but you know, oh, aren't we, we just, all? We we all kind of are. It's a good movie. Have we? Have why, I said why that is yet? It, why is it a good? Have movie? I said that yet? It's a good movie. Well, part of why it's a good movie is the score. This is, Ooh. I think, the third or either the third or fourth collaboration between Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and yeah, because it was after David Social Fincher. Network. Yeah, because it was after Social Network and after Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Oh man, that I wish we had that one. It's okay. Someone buy it for us. I think. Oh Dan- wait, we we missed Daniel Craig. Well, it's still in G. So, like, it would be out of al- alphabetical order, but we could still watch it. Well, I think eventually we need to rein it back in and get to Black Swan. Mmm, yes. I think that would be fun. You know, another movie about an unhinged woman. What can I say? <laughs> so this movie... This was an impulse purchase out of... I think I bought this on, like, the first day that you? Amazon Now was, like, active in... Amazon Prime Now. Oh, you got it the same day? Like, yeah, because I bought it the same day because I was like, oh, I need to talk about... I was taking a class that was based in Victorian sensation literature. So it was about, you know, the wronged woman who would go back and, like, burn down the manor or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, who had a scandalous past that she was hiding and would go to great lengths to hide that secret. And the idea was that sensation literature is something that carries through generationally and has carried through to Gone Girl. So I read Gone Girl for class and I got so, you know, in college, as an English major, you don't usually get ahead of the reading schedule because you're just like, I'm so busy. I'm trying to read like five different books for five different classes right now. So I'm just going to stick with my reading schedule. Gone Girl, I finished in half the time I was supposed to because I just straight up could not put it down. Like, such a good book. Such a good book. I makes me want to go back and read Sharp Objects. Since uh, I tried another one of her books. I don't know if it was Sharp Objects or if it was the other one. There's another one. Mm-hmm. And it was not as good to me as Gone Girl. Like, I didn't get even halfway through it. Now, refresh my memory. Did you read Gone Girl before or after I read it? After. Right. I think. It was... It was, it was both this and The Martian were books that I was like, I had read and I was like, hey, babe, oh, you need man. to read these immediately. The Martian. That's a treasure. Mm-hmm. His other book was really good, too. Artemis. I need to read the rest of that. You do. It's really good. But when you're talking about the sensationalist thing, yeah. Victorian writers were largely male, right? Mm, there were a lot of women, too. No, like the eras but that started would... writing. So, like, Wuthering Heights is a really good example of sensation literature. But the ones you're reading are, were also written by females? Some of them were, some of them weren't. But... Because I feel like this is kind of a twist on the narrative where, like, she does it, but then she still gets what she wants. Mm-hmm. I feel like in those, you just it's just kind of like a... Oh, no, the, yeah, the woman falls and then com- keeps falling, and yeah. it's, it's kind of a There's cautionary n- yeah. tale. Mm-hmm. Whereas... The Bronte sisters, not the Era sisters. The Brontes wrote Jane Eyre. I didn't know what you were talking about, but I, was, I thought maybe there was another group of sisters I'd never heard about. <laughs> I'm a bad English major. I'm starting a job as an English teacher, and I'm a bad English major. You might want to cut that. They don't need to know. They don't know what district I'm in. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think uh, this is exciting, though. I... Because I really love this book, and I think David Fincher was the right guy to adapt this. Because even when it gets caught down in like procedural details, 
David Fincher has a way of really speeding stuff along. Because, like, I feel like Zodiac could have been a very plotting and slow affair. Because mm-hmm. so much of it is, you know, solving the puzzles and things like that. But he had a way of, even in Zodiac, adding a lot of kind of frenetic energy to it. And I even noticed that, because in watching this, uh, in watching this, which starts with the menu, obviously, very good DVD menu, because it's it plays around with, like, a Chiron <laughs> of, like, cable news, and it's, like, glitching in with footage from different parts of the movie. And, and this is John's menu corner. John's menu corner. <laughs> um, but... The first, like, ten minutes of the movie, I had to stop and wonder if I was, like, running it faster than the actual running time. Because it was, it felt like the motion was going a little quickly, and I was like, do I have smoothing on? No, it was just fast-paced. There are a lot of quick cuts because it shows the energy of what that morning that she disappears was. Which I think is really good because it kind of, because it's going so fast, it kind of gets you a little bit off base. Um... And if you don't know what the book, if you haven't read the book, you kind of, um, you it does take you through that process of like, wait, what is happening? Did did he actually kill her? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like- and and you've got this this question. Fincher Fincher does a really good job with the unreliable narration of Amy too, which you can see the hints that it is in fact unreliable because you see all the pens lined up on the desk while she's writing uh. her. And, oh, there's just so many little details and hints that you catch on on repeated viewings of this movie. Because we must have seen this, like... This is a movie that I first watched on DVD. We must have seen this, like, five or six times. Like, I bought it sight unseen because I had heard that it was a good movie. I can only think of, like, three times. Four, four times? Probably just four. Fair. But it's a good movie to watch just when you want to watch an entertaining movie. Yeah. And I love it. I love this movie. <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot, uh, Reznor and, uh, Ross do a really good job of writing to meet the edit with their score, and the edit does a really good job of working with the score at the same time. So, like, the the one that I think of, of course, is the Desi bedroom scene, when the, uh, oh the, the score is, like, perfectly timed with the... The pumps of the... So uh. so they take the... It's the height of sensationalism. It's all scandal and blood. And in that one scene where Amy Dunn... Uh, where Amy, Rosamund Pike, is having sex with Neil Patrick Harris and then murders him at the moment of climax, it's just pulsating along with it. And it fades as he dies, too. Like, the, pul- the pulsing of that white noise is like... And he's... You can see him, like, choking on his own blood. And it's Did he win so anything for bloody. that... Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris plays Disturbed so... He should have won something oh for that. God, he's so creepy in this. He's so creepy in this. Mm-hmm. And it makes you wonder, what is Neil Patrick Harris hiding? Like, don't talk I just, about him like that. Mm, he doesn't deserve that. Doogie Hauser, I don't trust that guy. Mm. Don't trust that guy. No? He's, like... The thing about him is he's instantly recognizable as Neil Patrick Harris, so you can't quite call him a chameleon. But when he is in a role, he commits to that role 100%. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, he's never not going to look like Neil Patrick Harris. Right. They never. I, I don't think any amount of prosthetics... Which, to be fair, they did put a lot of prosthetics on him in series of unfortunate events. But he's got that very definitive Yeah, that was definitive something that line. happened and didn't go so well. A lot of people really loved the Netflix series. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe we're just too old now. I just think 
And I don't think you and I were super huge fans of the books either. I read quite a few of them. I read a few of them, but I was never too... I don't know. Of With series like that, I, I just kind of had a problem with how when a series ran for that many books, it tended to reset the status quo at the beginning of every single one. And sure, they were oh, getting, getting yeah. more information about their parents' murder as they went, but it was still like, this is just Slow an moving. episodic television series. It's like... It's, you know, like the kind of like the fugitive or the Hulk wandering stranger kind of thing. It's like, go to a new town, encounter a new set of rules, but then they have to pack up and leave by the end of it, you know? It just felt like the same thing over and over for me. But this isn't about series of unfortunate events. This is about (laughs) Gone Girl. A movie whose takes that like blue-gray middle America depression color palette and runs hog wild with it. Like, the color palette of this movie, people talk about, they complain about washed out color palettes all the time. What? I don't think that, that this is a movie that warrants that complaint. It is a little bit washed out, but that conveys, that conveys so much. And when there are pops of color, like, the one that I think of is the sunset that's painted on the back of Amy's getaway car. What? There's a sun, so Amy buys that cheap car to run away in. Uh-huh. And there's a sunset painted on the back windshield. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> or like the fluffy pink pen that she writes part of the diary yeah, with and that, then throws out the yeah. window. Like there are some very well used pops of color. And I think he uses a lot of dim lighting really well too. Like I think about the uh, sex scene with Emily Radichkowski, uh between uh, when, mm-hmm. ben, when Ben Affleck's student. Or the red panties that you see in the office. Yeah. Like, there's just... He uses color very well to make things stand out in your mind. Oh, you know who's really good in this? Actually, Tyler Perry is so good in this. As the celebrity the, lawyer. Yeah, Oh, yeah. as Tanner Bolt. I, I really love Tyler Perry as mm-hmm. an actor. I don't think I could watch one of his movies and enjoy it for we a lot have. of reasons. Yeah, but I think that... I really like him when he's acting in other people's stuff. He has that magnanimity, you know? He he always plays that kind of people person. Like, in the new Star Trek movie, in the first one, he played the head of the tribunal at the Starfleet Academy. <laughs> and he ha- he's got this way of commanding the attention of a room. And maybe it's just his stature, you know? He's a very tall man. But, like, you don't see people much taller than Ben Affleck. All. Oh, Scoot McNary is in this movie. Who? Scoot McNary. He, is this person's name really Scoot? Yeah, that is what he goes by. Scoot um. McNary. He's the guy who gets murdered by the um, AC unit in the first episode of season three of Fargo. The convict that oh uh, the convict that Ewan McGregor pays to uh, rob Ewan McGregor. Because remember, there are two Ewan <laughs> yes. McGregors in that one. This guy. Scoot McNary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was in Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. A movie. <laughs> With Ben Affleck in it. Ben- <laughs> oh, Carrie Coon as as Margot. Very good. And and like I think they did a really good job with the Ben Affleck it uh with the uh, Nick and Margot stuff their showing that Yeah, their dynamic sh- like I would like it's really encompassed very well in that last line that I was with you before we were even born. Which That's a weird line. It's, Okay, it's weird when you think of it in the context of, say, all the twin sets that we've been watching on Game of Thrones for ten years, you know? No, but this was bef- 
before, well, no, this isn't before Game of Thrones, but, like, this is before everyone else caught into Game of Thrones when we were watching this movie. Mm. And, um, I was, when I was reading the book, I was definitely actually getting, like, twin cess vibes. I, and I think that's the point. Because it's supposed to be left ambiguous. It's supposed to be enough that the public could read into it, even if it's not but actually But they real. didn't really, I feel like they didn't really play into that in the, in the movie. Like, I felt them less in the movie. I just... Could Carrie, be ben Affleck. Carrie Coon's performance is so good for like the the morning after he uh, has has that of has you know that fling in her bed in her Dear living room and God. she's like you fucking idiot just oh she brings a lot of emotion to whatever role she plays honestly she you know she had an underrated turn in Avengers Infinity War <laughs> as Proxima Midnight the horned lady who gets in the fight with Scarlet Witch. There's a horned lady. Yeah, a lady with horns. She's one of she's one of the Black Order. Proxima I feel like we watch different movies midnight. sometimes. This one, this one, the lady with the horns. What? Yeah, I don't remember this at all. Yeah, we've I've watched it more times than you have. To be fair, Infinity War is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. You liar! You loved it when no. we saw it in theater. Wait, which one You're is You're thinking that one? Civil War. God damn it. Why did there they have to do many so wars. many wars? I hate this cinematic universe. You, you've, you've, you're even missing some other wars, too. There's Secret War. Oh, my God. You're joking. Uh, Avengers War. No, make it stop. <laughs> I'm talking about just the... Uh... Oh. Oh, she's in Widows? Oh, that's cool. Mm. You're going to have to watch that. Oh. Yeah. Oh. What did you like in this movie? That it was the opposite of The Godfather and that women had part of the narrative. (laughs) (laughs) This is a narrative about women taking back their agency, which is kind of amazing. Like, it's women playing on the stereotypes that we see of women. Like, oh, the cool girl monologue. Oh, man. And the way that... That's that's a scene where you have the pops of color too when the girls are driving by in the cars and mm-hmm. she's oh. But it kind of just exposes like she chose to marry this idiot. Like, like so she the- never like the well we don't know what actually like that's still one of those like gray area ones as to whether or not she actually had feelings for him. Yeah. So at the end, you're led to believe that she does, in fact, have feelings for him? Or does she have feelings for him? Or does she know that she can play the narrative to mm-hmm. stay relevant? That's the question. It feels like what she wants more than anything is control and relevancy. Ugh. Which is kind of amazing. Like, good for her, honestly. <laughs> Interesting way to go about it, but... Rosamund Pike. Ugh. She's I don't know if I know anything else that she's been in. Pride and Prejudice. What is she and in? And World's End. She's Jane. She's Jane what? Bennett in Pride and Prejudice. She marries Bingley at the end. Oh my god. Do I have to do everything myself? Pretty much. By everything myself, I mean just... Google. Type it in Google. <laughs> yeah. Jane Bennett, Rosamund Pike. Oh, do you remember when we first started this podcast and I would Google everything? See? Oh, how the nitrate film has burned. <laughs> See? That's, that's, that's her. Huh. It's I don't really remember Pride and Prejudice. Well, we need to rewatch that movie. All I know is that... What's his face? Matthew McFadyen. Is that his name? Yeah. The guy from 
All I, I just, it's just every time we watch a TV show, I'm like, oh, there's Mr. Darcy. <laughs> and he is usually playing a role that is very different from yes. Mr. Darcy. Well, it's so funny because, you know, you see him now with his short hair and you're like, how did he ever play the brooding romantic lead <laughs> of a period piece? Hey, he's attractive. In, he's getting in succession? older. In succession? Yeah. In succession? In succession? Yeah. Kendall is the most attractive person in succession. What? No. Yes. Well, no, no, let's be honest. Shiv is the most attractive yeah. person in succession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a lot of reasons. Shiv is also my favorite. She's she's the most competent character on there, yes. including their father. If Shiv was in charge of everything, Roy, Waystar Royco would be making so much money. Mm-hmm. Like, they would be on top of the world. They would be fine. They would own every politician because Shiv would have run their campaigns and given the spin to make them win. You know? Wow, we've done everything but talk... Well, no, we've been talking about this movie. And we have been talking about this movie. We've been around the block, though. Like, we watched this movie a little over a week ago at this point. (laughs) We should have recorded sooner than that, but a lot of stuff happened this week. And you know what? I think we're valid to have waited this long to record. Hey, you know what? Since we're so valid, hey. <laughs> do you think they would give us a gift card for the concession stand? I don't know. Why don't we go walk over and find out? Hello, this is Time Zones pretending to be Time Zones. Don't believe it because it's true, mate. I'm here with Bertie Lee and my name's David Buscott. And we are here to bring in a brand new show. What have we got, Bree? We've got Time Zones are hard. And you know what's really great about it is that it's funny, it's off the cuff, and icebreakers out the wazoo. You want to hear an icebreaker? Yeah, give me one. Would you rather save someone's life or be only able to wear a swimsuit? I would like to listen to this podcast right now. Find us wherever you hear podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Have a great day. So I have uh, refreshed my sparkling water after our trip to the concession stand. I hope that trip made it on. Oh, me too. (laughs) It was a very good trip. (laughs) Huh. Very good kitty in this movie. Oh, I forgot there was a kitty. What did it look like? It looked like Kenobi. Was it a... Yeah. (laughs) God, we didn't watch it this week. Yeah. (laughs) We would have lost it. Sad times. Sad times. But this was... Let's see. Oh, I feel like... You know what we haven't talked about enough? Or at all? The detectives. The detectives are excellent in this movie. Oh my gosh, I love them. Oh, they're so good. Boney is so competent. Her partner, whose name I forget... Because he just only says a couple of lines, and it's usually punchlines to bony stuff. You know what I really like about them, though? What? They live in this small town. Yeah, uh, Carthage, Missouri. They, like, they're removed from everything. They don't, tra- I feel like this happens a lot in um, other movies and shows and where stuff. You, where you see them as, like, the bumbling small town cops. Yeah, and they know everyone, and they're, you know, they're swindled by, like, half the town that, mm-hmm. like... But they're, like, taking actual objective, like, Boney stances. Is, Boney is, like, more competent than literally any investigator real clues. That. Yeah. We found our first clue. She's that was so, so funny. good. That's... She's probably my favorite character in this movie. Yeah. Like, I, lo- I love Amy. I think Nick is a train wreck that is fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Nick is an absolute He's probably train my wreck. favorite. <laughs> that Ben God, Affleck performance. So... When he's trying to get the woman to delete you the selfie. Still, like, I still cringe when 
the smile. They say smile. Like he does the smile. Like, oh my. You're not supposed to smile <laughs> <laughs> at all, ever. <laughs> if someone is missing, you do not smile. Mm-hmm. Now, Boney is, I think, the glue that holds this movie together. Yeah. Because you get a lot of exposition through her investigation. Mm-hmm. And you get a lot of speculation from her. And, like, that's what I think is she's never fully be- ready to believe either side of the story until she's collected the evidence. Because her partner's ready to go ahead and make the arrest. And she's like, not until we have everything. All that we have is circumstantial right now. Mm-hmm. Also, that you don't know your wife's blood type? And then her partner asks, should I know my wife's blood type? No! <laughs> I don't even know my own blood type. I I should know my wife's blood type, but it she doesn't even know feels it. Feels like hey, a hey babe, babe, what's my blood type? You told me, but I already forgot. What's my a blood type? A minus. No, a positive. I was just close. another thing that's a really plus about close. me. That's really stupid. Mm-hmm. Wait, is there a minus blood? Yeah, it's positive and negative. That's what there's it is. There's no neutral blood. No, there's not. <laughs> Wait, You're oh, a biology it? major. <laughs> we don't talk about blood types. That might be one question on one test. Mm. Oh, peanut but almond butter's still out on the table. Mm. Oh, I love the scene where you see how she did it too. Like the and the you've got the throbbing Atticus Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor score underneath. Like, and that's the same scene where she does the cool girl monologue and everything. Yeah, that's, that's probably one of my favorite. That's sequences. when you realized how like controlled but unhinged that she is. Yeah, well, who, I mean, who everything can she draw that much blood everything. from themselves with a butterfly needle and then just scattered about their house and then clean and it then up, clean it up, so that it looks like it was cleaned up badly. That's a lot of blood to then go clean up. The fact that she thinks to fix the. Ch- the uh, picture frame after she knocks over the coffee table too. She's like, it needs to look staged, but not too staged. <laughs> and ooh, <laughs> oh, her her voiceover is very good too. Like, you really it's it chills you. It chills you to the fucking bone. <sighs> when he makes when she makes him take the shower just so that she yeah, can know he's not wearing bug. a wire. Oh. <laughs> I feel like he still could have set it up in the bathroom somewhere, but he's just not that smart. Yeah, and after he that, she's, she's gonna be—he's gonna be too worried to show any bugs anytime. Mm-hmm. I always think about the scene where Leo sees the head of the rival gangster in The Departed, and then throws his bug out the window <laughs> because he knows what will happen to him mm-hmm. if they actually catch him bugged. Mm. Can you think of anything that didn't work in this movie? Being so far removed from it, I don't think so. Cause I mean, even the, every bit of this movie is entertaining. Even They're- the part that shouldn't, re- like, so when she, well, I guess it's still, like, the, when she goes, oh, her first place that she goes, like, the middle, like, the, side of the road motel where she meets. Yeah, the, the cabins and yeah. the mini golf. Because it seems kind of like a throwaway, but you need that for her to be broke so that she goes to Desi. Exactly. I think, um... How about the moment that disturbed you the most? Because I think we have the same one. When she uses the wine bottle to, simu- oh to simulate God. the uh, injuries oh, that she would have had from a forcible is- rape. Oh, God, that is the worst one. 
Oh, that... That is very bad. It's like the box cutter almost is a relief after that. Yeah, after that, you're like, oh, okay. And there's a certain way that she moves that is so... When she does, like, that bear crawl so that she avoids the cameras in that one scene, that oh terrifies me. Oh, my God, me. yeah. That terrifies and you, me. But I like that they show, like, the, um... Basically, the footage of it where it's in black and white and she's, mm. like, screaming... Exactly, because you're seeing what the police are going to mm-hmm. see, not just what she's going to see. It does a really good job of showing you Amy's perspective and then also showing the outside world's perspective mm-hmm. at the same time. I think um, my favorite throwaway detail, though, is when they're interviewing the homeless people at the mall. And you've got the one guy who's high on the floor and he's reciting the Emancipation Proclamation. I just... oh. It's one of those things that didn't need to be there, but that I absolutely love that it is there. You know? I can't believe you picked up on that. Is that true? Is it actually? It was actually you the Googled Emancipa- it? I Googled I heard the line, and I was like, this is very familiar. Is this the Emancipation? And I Googled it, and it was. It was the Emancipation Proc. Fuck. Hmm? The Gettysburg Address! Oh, uh, I mean, that's what I, I meant. I knew what you were talking about. We both, you knew what I was talking but it was about. Not- we were both thinking four score and seven yeah. years ago. <laughs> I feel really embarrassed. I remember I was supposed to memorize that. I owned myself on this own on my own podcast. But I like purposely failed it in history class. I'm as stupid as Nick Dunn. No. That no man one, was dumb. No one yeah. is that dumb. Like he how should, can, how, how can is you, he a professor? How can you believe well he was a professor at a community college? How can you think that in a town that small, your wife isn't going to know about the affair that you're having at the bar that she owns in her name? Yeah. Like, oh my god. One thing that I wish they had kept more from the books was the repeated personality quizzes. I thought that was really cool <laughs> in the dark because you. Well, they didn't know. At one point, she likes. She does it quiz. once, but only, only when she's meeting with. Only when she meets Nick does she do the personality quiz thing. But for the rest of the book, I in the book, there was each another. entry had like at least one. And then she does a recipe at one point where she's like, a recipe for marital strife. No, Wait. I'm pretty sure those were peppered in the movie, though. Not as many as there were in the book. There's a few. I wish there had been more. I think her most genius uh, setup was the literally the... Um, the cave full of Amazon purchases. Uh, the robot dog. <laughs> How are you that, like, stupid that you've never noticed? Like, I guess you move everything during the day, but there's just this structure on your property that you never open the door. Well, I think it's smart because Go and Mark, Go and um, Nick, I keep wanting to call him Ben Affleck, Go and Nick are always at the bar running yeah. it. Like, Go tends it, so she's not going to spend as much time on her property. So that's how she's able to move it in there. It's just wild. It's just knowing the people around you that well to be able to fake that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Wouldn't you see, like, the statement or something, though? No, he wouldn't. Because remember that scene where he, she, like, got just got his signature on life the, on the life insurance uh... policy while he was just playing video games casually? I see. Yeah. If you ever want to, uh, if you ever want to pull something over on me, just catch me in the middle of an Overwatch game. <laughs> What do you think Nick means? What? He seems like he seems like a Reinhardt kind of guy, but he doesn't uh, seem Overwatch like he would not exist keep his shield up. Out. 
You know, I feel like maybe he could play Winston. He plays the hamster thing. Oh, yeah, he would absolutely play Wrecking Ball. He would not play a healer. He would never play a healer. He would be the guy who would be the last to pick, and there's only one healer, and he still wouldn't pick a healer. You know what? He probably plays Genji, and he's very bad at it. He probably like, I'll bet you can't even plays, get off a dragon strike. Uh, Halo and Call of Duty, like, only. Mm, he seems like that kind of guy. Yeah. Ready to rate the movie? Yeah. Hmm. How many pens in a river do you give this? I think I'd give it a flat four. 4.13. Nice! So both agreed. Very good. My my movie. silence was me trying to figure out something better than pens in a river, but uh. But you couldn't you couldn't think of it. Oh, just shout out to Lola Kirk. I love her. She's good in this. What do we have up next? Do you want me to go find out? Go find out. Yeah! Do, 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 do. Oh wait, no, it's a fair use thing. That was, was the hustle. You were just doing the hustle. I know, I was going to do something to pass the time, but oh, boy. it's not legal. Unless any I'm of my so friends... I'm so excited. And I just can't have is it. Is it still... Are we done with the G's? No, we're still in the G's. Um, What's up next is a Corone, and I think I like wait. it. It's Corone! It's, we already watched The Prisoner of Azkaban. It's, but we haven't released the episode yet, so... Shh. Oh, no! It's Gravity! 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 Our second space disaster movie! We're finally getting there! Woo! Space disaster. Sandy Bullock! George Clooney! You know, I have to say... I don't know if I'm excited about Sandy Bullock. Why? She's just become kind of boring. You absolute fool. <laughs> you coward. <laughs> we are made on the uh, Pocket Podcast Network. Uh, the good shows include Times on the Hard. Wow. And uh, Sorted. Them's the facts. Simultaneous catch. What voice are you doing? The music is. I'm doing a French voice. Can you not tell? Why? Because I feel laggy. Uh, see music is by the organ machines. Oh, I'm going a little bit German now. <laughs> oh, Uh-oh. yeah. We watched Inglorious Bastards today. It's good. Go watch it. It's a very good movie. Go I wish we it had it so we could cover it. Well, we're not but to I yet. We can still remedy this. No, I'm not. We don't need to we buy need another to buy movie. <laughs> so until next time. You're John. You're Bethany. <laughs> Always butter your popcorn. That, not no. a good one yet. <laughs> it's never how you knew it. Nobody was sad at that way but you. We all saw him drowning, but you were the one with the blood on your hands. Singing, I never saw that Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.